Hi, I'm Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs, Stefan Eady, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'll be talking with Upper School Counselor Chris Allen, Learning Center Specialist Jennifer Lutweiler, and Dean of Student Life, Grant Evans. Together, we're going to share back-to-school tips for students and families uh, from grades pre-K to 12 as we prepare to start the new school year. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Chris is a member of the counseling office and, and you all work as a, as a one school team, pre-K through 12. Um, let's just start with you. What's on your mind uh, these days as you think about parents, returning parents and new parents, and, and what they might should be thinking about from your perspective as they get ready to start school? Okay, I think for, for the most part, the, the main thing that parents want to be thinking about as we approach school starting is getting their, getting their children into a, uh, into a routine. Uh, it's, it's really common for bedtimes to be different during the summer. Uh, they you know, might stay up late, um, sleep late. <laughs> um, you know, so I think just getting them back into a school routine this, these days heading into the school year starting is a, is a great idea. And then once we get to the school year, having um, a consistent routine, especially for some of the younger students, is, uh, is very important. Uh, the, the, the younger ones especially are going to thrive on routine, um, and it just makes their day-to-day, uh, day-to-day activities that much better. You know, starting with breakfast and um, you know, having a specific time to do their homework and, and things like that. And it's really important for all ages, but if they can start that in the younger grades uh, right from the beginning, that sets a good tone for the school year. Yeah, I think that transition can be tough. I know in my family, uh, my, my children especially, it's like free-for-all. Yes. <laughs> their time is their time, and they're staying up late, and they're sleeping late, um, and, and life is about to get busier. And it there's is. There's going to be a lot more to do. So maybe finding as a family your priorities for your time, like family time, homework time, uh, maybe that's an important place to start. Maybe have that as a family conversation. That's right. Yeah, just being able to sit down and say, okay, we're starting the new year. Let's let's talk about what our day is going to look like, and that you know, and that includes all those things that you just said, and, and including meal time. Yeah. Um, having that time as a family as much as you can to sit down and just be together is is an important thing but having that conversation now is a good way to start the school year i wonder if real quick while we're on this topic if um if screen time is a part of this conversation because i imagine screen time is high all the time maybe higher than we would like but it's probably really higher the summer definitely uh definitely screen time is probably through the roof during the summer. Um, and, and they're gonna have to wean themselves a bit from that. And um, so now might be a good time as we're, we're just a few days away from starting, uh, maybe to start, go ahead and start pulling back a little bit on the, on the screen time. Yeah. As much as you can make things the week, week or two before school, as, the more you can make that like this actual school schedule, the better it's gonna be once 
once school actually starts. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the CDC actually has a really interesting campaign going on right now. I, I hadn't heard of it. Maybe you have <laughs> screen time versus lean time. Mm. You know, trying to have some time that's about being healthy and thinking about wellness. So that's the lean part. And it rhymes, right. so I guess it's clever, <laughs> right? Um, but they're talking about children who are 8 to 10 years old spending six hours a day in, in front of the screen where it should just be maybe one or two hours. Um, which are actually getting some of that in school as a part of their work. Right, right. And, you know, there's there's more and more research coming out all the time about the, the negative effects of, of excess screen time. So uh, just on the, on the brain, all the, you know, all the biology connected with all of that. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons to, to limit that screen time, for yeah. sure. So I guess in short, it's be ready to manage that transition. Be ready to manage it. That's right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Jim, uh, moving over to you from the Learning Center perspective, uh, what about you? What are some tips that you have or some things that you would like for new families and, and returning families to be thinking about? Well, just like Chris said, a routine is really important. Mike Tomlin is the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's known for his Tomlinisms. And one of the things that he always says is, do routine things routinely. And I think that applies to academics um, in the sense of um, understanding our schedule and understanding what a good pace is to maintain throughout the school year that a student can can sustain um, and take care of the little things every day. And that takes time. You have, especially if you are a new student, you have to figure out that rotating schedule and you have to figure out um, managing your free periods. So I would encourage parents to really try to understand how the rotating schedule works and um, really look at the coursework page and to encourage them to pay attention to the details, such as um, if you are assigned work on day one, do your work on day one and don't wait until day two. It's easier to stay caught up, stay on track than it is to catch up. So um, choosing a pace that you can maintain and paying attention to the details and understanding the details before the school year really gets rolling. So you mentioned the coursework page. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a major channel that we use yes. uh, as faculty to communicate about what's going on in class, but also maybe primarily for, for students and parents what's going on for homework. Um, what, what are your suggestions for like how, to, how a parent interacts with that versus how much they let their student interact with that? And we're thinking about coursework is there for pre-K. Right, sure. And of course, that's going to vary day to day and by age. Um, definitely for 6 through 12, I would say parents do need to know what the assignments are and apply the appropriate amount of um, reminders for this student and what they need. And um, really just be comfortable with it for the lower grades. And then as far as the students go, it can be... Uh, tough to figure out how to navigate. And there are a few steps involved to get you to the, the most detailed information. So um, students are encouraged to find the people they can ask for help. And teachers are always happy to show you how to use the coursework page because we spend a lot of time creating those so that they have the most um, explicit information on them. 
So you, you mentioned coursework, which yep. is a, a big day-to-day uh, -day thing for us. You mentioned the rotating schedule, which is especially at the beginning of the year is an important sort yes. of, uh, I hate to say a hurdle to get over, but it's like a learning Yeah, curve, it can be confusing. Right? Yeah. Um, and here we are, um, this podcast is coming out on Thursday, right before school starts. Um, you know, parents have finished registration and such, like all that information has just become available. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, thinking about looking at that schedule for the first time, you know, we may have some people who are suddenly feeling overwhelmed, or they're seeing names they've never seen before, or there's a new teacher, or there's a class that they were excited about, now they're kind of scared about. Like, what, 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 what advice do you have for like how a, how a parent might help a student through that process? Well, th those are a lot of questions, but sure. if I can try to remember all of them, um, the first thing is to just relax. When you see it, it's okay. Most problems are fixable with a few conversations. Um, a good tip all around. <laughs> yeah, just in general. It's okay. We're going to find a solution. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would encourage parents whose students are suddenly nervous about a new class or a new school or a new system to give it time to, to be aware that it's a learning curve. It can be especially hard for freshmen coming in. It can be very overwhelming to have the free period or the AP class or the honors class that they haven't been in before. Um, those classes are set up for students to succeed and it takes time to find a rhythm. Now, if it does get to the point where a student is struggling too much in a class, we can have those conversations and adjust the schedule. Likewise, if a student feels like they can take on a bigger challenge, we can have those conversations too. So again, it's all fixable. Everything's fixable. Someone might come in with two maths and only need one. We'll, we will solve it. <laughs> and, and parents can be having those conversations with um, with the advisor, with especially this time of year with the registrar mm -hmm. of the division. We're talking about Justin Bruce, Angel Peroni, division director. Um, almost in a way, anyone that they might feel comfortable with or have a relationship. With. Right. Start anywhere. Anyone <laughs> will help you. <laughs> yeah, Get you to the right place. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Brad, let's move over to you for a second. Okay. Uh, Dean of Student Life. Um, so a lot of times it's, it's uh, what's on your mind or the, is, is the life part of the student's day uh, as much as the academic part. Um, so so uh, what, what are some things on your mind? What are some tips you have? Sure. Well, let me jump back just a second. Sure. Because one thing that, um, Jim, what you were talking about and the question you asked Stefan was, how do you cope with some of that nervousness? I always have to remind myself that all these students, whether they've been here for 12 years or this is their first year, they're all stepping into something new. And they're all stepping into that thing together. Um, so everybody's facing something new. And I think that's one thing we try to remind our students when we have those first assemblies is like, this is new for everybody. Even if you, you've been here for a long time, you still may face some, some nervousness. Um, but as far as you know, the student life aspect of it and um, kind of what may be some thoughts on parents' minds, I I'm thinking maybe some com communication pieces. One, check your emails and those uh, announcement emails. Those usually have a lot of stuff on them. Uh, particularly leadership, when we offer leadership for uh, opportunities for students, uh, those things will show up on the announcements page. We'll mention those things to our, our student body and assembly. Uh, but that's a great, great place to see what is going on in student life. Um, 
But I think the, the biggest thing I might be able to, or the best piece of advice I can give to any parent is just to encourage them to encourage their kids to just jump into it. And I know that may wreck a few of the things as far as the time piece, right? You don't want to get involved too much, but try as much as you can because the time you have here is limited. And to me, the students who get the most out of their Darlington education are the ones who step out of their comfort zone, they get involved in uh, athletics or the fine arts, or they get involved in the dorms if they're a day student, or they get to know more day students if they're in the dorms. Um, those are the students, I think, that come away vastly changed by Darlington education. Um, and there's so many different opportunities right off the bat. We're going to start in the upper school on uh, Tuesday talking about ASA, after school activities. So you'll have everything from all of our athletics that are happening all year long uh, to our fall, uh, fall play, um, to the musical, um, to the DAR farm. Um, so all these opportunities that you can, you can invest in as a student are, are going to be brought up and we're going to ask students to sign up for two. All, all students are asked to do two throughout the year. Um, now, that being said, we know some students have things going on outside of school. If you're playing year-round soccer, if you're playing year-round baseball, you may not have time to do two ASAs, and we ask you just communicate with, that, with us, and, and that's fine. But I do, those, those of you who do have uh, children who are doing the year-long thing outside of school, I think there is something to be said for doing something inside school, with the school. Uh, the team building aspect of it, the community that's created. I think there's just some things that you, just, you, uh, you can't get necessarily outside of the school environment. Um, and as far as our, our lower school and, and uh, our pre-K through eight, um, I know firsthand my, my son's in second, second grade now. Um, my wife and I never did anything musically inclined other than maybe some church choir and stuff when we were young. And last year, our Samuel took piano lessons through the school after school. And that was really cool, I thought, for uh, a cool opportunity for him and for us to get to see him come home and do that. Um, and you'll start to see opportunities for your students, especially through the middle school years of leadership um, opportunities arising. Um, you know, you're not going to get every single leadership opportunity, but there are plenty of things to, to dive into that you don't necessarily have to try out for. Um, and if things don't go your way, can continue to, to encourage your kids to, to look for other things that may be out there. Um, I have seen so many students who maybe didn't get a house leadership position in the, in the high school who still find a way to dive into the dorms if they're a day student and really get to know the people in the dorms and get involved, uh, whether it be rumpus, whether it be something like move-in weekend coming up right now. I've got students who are reaching out to me right now asking, what can I do to help? Because they really appreciate and enjoy the opportunity to get to meet those new people and get to serve them. You know, part of what I heard there is the opportunities that you know, we as a school try to put in place so that these um, relationships, um, these ways to engage, these points to engage on are out there. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of you reaching out and making the other side of that connection. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that goes for the students and the parents as well. Um, and I think about if you're listening to this podcast in time as a parent, and this is Thursday, you know, and you have a pre-K to student, like come to the open house. 
tonight. I mean, we've been working with our faculty for about a week and a half now. It'll be two weeks before school starts. We work with them, and it is a big key message that we've all heard is, is building relationships uh, early. Um, so we want that, and so I think, I think for me, one tip would be like for the parent to know that. Like we're, we're eager for that that relationship. Um, so come to that, come to the Tuesday night, uh, uh, back to school night, the parent night at pre-K to 8. Saturdays, you mentioned move-in days and orientation days, the time to go around, uh, not only for the student to get comfortable and get a chance to find their rooms and, you know, get lost on a Saturday instead of the first Monday of school. Um, see, see, the, um, see the teacher, see the advisor. Uh, you mentioned emails that we send out every morning. At, um, first thing, six o'clock, we summarize those announcements in the calendars. There's just ways to look for opportunities. I know as a parent, I, that's how I used to just be like, what's, what's going on? There's something going on. That looks interesting. Did you know about this? And I try to pass that on. Uh, that afternoon email, uh, we were talking about coursework and grades, we summarized those kind of things. They come from the advisor. Um, and so those, those meetings I was talking about, it's a great time to get to, get a, get to build a relationship with, it, with that, that adult, that faculty member. Um, that email comes from an advisor. If there's a question, you sit reply to it. Um, and and uh, the faculty here are always really, really wanting to, uh, to help. Um, and we build those relationships early so that, you know, when we get in four, five, six, seven, eight weeks in <laughs> school and we need each other, one way or the other, uh, that we've already, we already have that set. Um, and and I, I think that would be a good thing uh, for everyone to keep in mind. Also, the, um, the communication pieces that are there, if, if you're not getting something, like reach out and ask. Um, what else? Anything else y'all think about? Something Brant said reminded me of just how I felt when I had a fresh, a, my first freshman child. Um, just being very overwhelmed with, um, this is serious, this is on the record, this leads to college, is it gonna make or break her life? How can I make sure she has the best opportunities? Um, and so one thing that I think parents wrestle with is, and I'm speaking from myself personally, is balancing the instinct to nag and with the, um, the desire to grow self-advocates uh, of our students. And so one thing that can scare parents initially is when the first few grades get dropped into the grade book. And it can, even if it's just a five-point did you return this piece of paper or something it can ping a student's gpa so that it looks like it's in the trash when in reality it's going to be fine but it can it can create some anxiety so my advice that i would give myself constantly is this is okay grades are fluid let's keep watching it and again paying attention to the the communication that we're really trying to create Hopefully, if there are real issues, those can be mitigated before it's terrible. Yeah, as you said earlier, in different words, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. It's okay. <laughs> we, we do a good job of communicating. There may be times where it could feel like too much. It's, right, it's very right. transparent. It's right up front. Um, but I would say what you do with that is arm yourself with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, it will, you will, especially if you're new, you will learn 
the flow of a semester and how that smooths out um, and you'll know when to ask. Mm -hmm. Really there's no wrong time to ask if it's just a question right. or you're wanting to see what you can do to help us do. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, and, and if a faculty member is concerned, you should hear. Right, you shouldn't worry yes. about the quiet. You'll get a you get a comment that comes in an email. You might get a phone call or email or something like that. And I, you know, I would piggyback on that to say those um, emails, as a parent, were really helpful. Um, they let me know when I needed to pay a little bit more attention and when I could uh, divert my attention to something else for a little while. They just helped me figure out the appropriate amount of pressure to apply. And I think all of this, we're talking about one of the themes here is how involved should parents be mm -hmm. at kind of at each stage of the of the journey through uh, through their time here at Darlington. And I think ideally, we can look at it as slowly letting go the older they get early on. You know, it's it's about helping your child build habits. You're very involved in that. You know, those those parents in the lower school. You know, like we said, setting the routine, helping them build healthy habits in all areas of their life. They get to middle school. It's a little bit more about introducing them to independence and helping them learn to be independent. Helping them learn to make a schedule for themselves, um, and and to start still a little hand holding, but start letting them take care of that a bit on their own. And then when they get to upper school, hopefully they're, they're starting to learn self-advocacy. Like, like Jen said, you know, we, we want our students to be able to advocate for themselves. And if they have a, uh, a question about homework or they disagree with a teacher about something that they're not going to mom and dad and saying, hey, take care of this for me, they're going to the teacher and saying, hey, can we talk? And, and they can start advocating for their, themselves. And I think if we can get to that point, by the time they graduate, that a, that a student feels comfortable when they go to college, going up to their college professor and talking to them, we've done a good job. You know, that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're shooting for. Everyone around the, the microphone here today is also a parent. I think that's right. Just, just hit me just then for some reason. Yeah. Some uh, actually several of us were graduated. Yeah. Uh, some early. And Still learning. Not Working even started school yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe uh, just one more trip around. Just a quick tip, especially for those of us who've been around. Like, what is what's that one thing that you remember working well for you that you wish you'd known earlier? Yeah, I I think just. For me, it was in encouraging my children to, um, to, to feel comfortable interacting with teachers and feeling comfortable to, like I was just saying, to advocate for themselves. Uh, a great little short story, uh, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, when she was a freshman, would, if she had to email a teacher, I mean, it was like you just gave her a death sentence. She was so scared and she would, I mean, she would literally have some tears over it because she was so intimidated by it. And um, she was working with um, uh, with the Learning Center. And um, one, one of the learning specialists in the Learning Center mentioned last year, her senior year, uh, oh, why don't you just talk to your teacher about that? And she was like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, and and she just gained this confidence. And I think... I, all that to say, I think a good tip is to, 
really encourage your, your child to put themselves out there so they gain confidence in interacting with a wide variety of people. This is going to sound sort of lame, but um, like I have two. And one is um, get the supplies your teachers ask for. <laughs> that will really help your students, especially the calculators. They disappear and they will be needed. So please just try to get the calculator. Um, but the second thing is I was preparing for this conversation and I asked the learning specialists what they would say. And one thing, there were two things. One was hope is not a strategy. So we can't just drop them off at the door and hope they fly. It takes planning, it takes tumbling, it takes trial and error. So patience is required. And um, also, we need to build our teams. So you find the people who most support your kid and you hold on to them and you reach out to them and you ask for the help um, that you need. Even if you feel like you've asked a question a thousand times, ask it again. Keep asking until you get you know, the support you need for your child. And, and just to piggyback on that, I do. I think it's so important for a child to find their person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can say, Jen was w one of my children's person, you know, and 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 really supported her. And, you know, when, when, she, when they can't come and talk to mom and dad about something, they're going to come and talk to their adult person at, at school. And it's an invaluable resource. And there are so many opportunities, especially in the 6 through 12 schedule, for students to interact with adults in different ways. Not just their teachers, but I-periods and clubs and leadership opportunities and in the dorms. And um, again, just to reiterate, those relationships, I think, are primary in, in everything we do, everybody here. It's the, it's the foundation. Mm -hmm. Look, my, my kids are still really, really young, so uh, I'm still, a, you know, parent in training by by many uh, <laughs> ways you might measure that. But I think I, I would just say this: I, I think that m my job is not easy as dean of student life. In fact, I think it's pretty hard on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think it's still easier than being a parent <laughs> in many cases because. Most of the conversations we have, whether it's in a classroom, as a coach, in the dean of students' office, when something maybe not so great has happened, um, that conversation seems to be easier than it is to have with your own child sometimes. It's just tough. And I, just from what I can see out of our seven-year-old is, I think part of that is they feel comfortable with you at home to know that they can express things that they may not they may not express in the classroom or at school mm -hmm. and so that makes the, t the the difficulty on your end so much harder and so we're thinking about you and uh, we encourage you as parents um, to, to you know be strong and do the best you can um, and we want to partner with you because we know how hard it is um, and if you're feeling like you know, you need some extra help with your child, please do not hesitate to reach out because uh, you got a lot of people who care. Um, and then one last added thing I would say, for especially for upper schools, really for upper school students uh, and, and parents, get to know 
the name uh, T.R. Everhart. Uh, we know her as T. That's the phone number that you got to reach out to whenever you have a question. So pre-K A is going to be Wendy Payne. Yes. I'm sure you already have that number if that rings uh, familiar to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you know if you if you don't know who you, who to talk to, that's a great number to call, and we'll we'll help you from there. Yeah, that's great. I think that um, most parents who chose Darlington for their child, they were looking for a combination of things that included, you know, safety um, and trust um, and um, outcomes and great experience. And a lot of these words that I can say quickly now because we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think that uh, I and we around the microphone, we do have the distinct um, advantage being on the inside, knowing that our faculty are here for that purpose, to support and help your child grow. They're up there, they're on your side, they're on your team. Uh, so uh, hopefully that, that trust is there uh, already. And, um, and, uh, and again, a partnership is certainly what we're looking for, also with the student, uh, so it's great. Hey, I appreciate all you uh, being here today and sharing uh, the wisdom that you all have, um, not only as uh, faculty members and departments that are here at school to help support students, uh, but also as parents uh, yourselves. So thanks again, Chris, Jennifer, Thank Grant, you. for joining us today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And we're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast. And if you have any questions about today's programs or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.